0: He Descend, Descend, descends like a dove by baptizes with fire. He comforts, comforts guides, guides, and corrects. He is the spirit of life, life. the essence of truth, the voice, the voice of, God. of God. And when you are alone, lost, and afraid, he will carry you home. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Good to have you guys here today. We are continuing our four week series. We're in the third week of our series called The Ghost. Um, we believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Uh, the first week we talked about the presence of the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. If you missed either of those weeks, go to our website, orchardchurch.tv. And go to the message page, you can watch them there, download the notes, get caught up. It's been a great series, a lot of great feedback, so you don't want to miss any of it. Today we're going to talk about the gifts. Of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask this by a show of hands. Don't be shy. How many of you would say you like to receive gifts? You, you do. You like birthdays, Christmas, you like to receive gifts, okay? How many of y'all say, I love to give gifts? I love to give gifts. Awesome, awesome. Some of y'all raise your hand twice. You're like, I like them, but I like to give them too. I like to do both. That's good. Today we're going to talk about the fact that our Heavenly Father, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, He not only gave us the gift of salvation, but He gave us as believers spiritual gifts. And we're going to talk about what some of those gifts are, help you discover what your gifts uh, may be today. And this is an exciting subject because this is new to some of you. Some of you maybe you've heard this before, but are you guys excited to learn about spiritual gifts today? I hope you are. This is going to be encouraging to you, very practical and very encouraging. I I will say this, whenever we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this can tend to be a controversial subject among Christians and Christian circles, depending on your background and what church you've come from and things like that. As I said the first week when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, that's a controversial subject in and of itself. And today with gifts, there's people that believe different things about the gifts, and you have different extremes. And you have one extreme that says they believe that all the spiritual gifts are in operation today you know, we can still raise the dead and take up serpents and things like that and drink poison like they did in the Bible. And then there's another extreme that says, oh, we don't pay any attention to spiritual gifts. We don't really believe anybody has them today. And there's all extremes and everything in the middle. We're just going to look at what the Bible says today. We don't want this to be divisive in our church. It doesn't need to be. We recognize and understand in a church this size that we have people that believe a little bit different things about the spiritual gifts. But what we want to focus on is not what we don't agree on, but what we do agree on, that we agree on the Holy Spirit and that he gives spiritual gifts to his children. Amen? And so it's okay if we believe a little bit of different things about which ones are in operation, which ones aren't. It's it's okay. We have a saying around here when it comes to doctrine and belief at Orchard Church. In essential beliefs, we seek unity. An essential belief is that we do believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that he gives gifts. In non-essential beliefs, we offer liberty, freedom in Christ. We may believe a little bit different things. It's okay. But in all beliefs, we offer charity and love. We're not going to allow this to be divisive in our church family. Amen? Amen. So with that out of the way, let's talk about spiritual gifts and what the Bible says. Let me first give you a working definition of a spiritual gift. Here's our our definition. I hope you'll take some notes today on the back of your newsletter. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. I love that definition. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth, um, I discovered, I, I know what two or three of my spiritual gifts are, but I discovered my first spiritual gift very early on in my life, right after I accepted Christ, uh, I, I received Jesus, I received salvation, and I received um, several spiritual gifts, but the one that I knew that I got really early on, I was about eight years old when I accepted Christ, um, my parents would remind me of these stories, that as soon as I accepted Christ, I was always wanting to tell everybody about Jesus so one of the gifts of the spirit is the gift of evangelism and I immediately was bringing my friends to Christ and bringing them to church and I wanted to talk to everybody about Jesus and we had this hearth on our fireplace it was brick and it was about you know a foot high and I would get up on it you know eight nine years old and I would preach and I would say I'm preaching the Bible and John three sixteen, and you need to get saved and you need to go to heaven and I would tell them I'm Billy Graham and I'm doing a Billy Graham crusade and I mean I, I led my family to Christ like a hundred times it was awesome And and I realized, and nobody taught me how to do this. I didn't learn how to do it. It just was a natural spiritual gift that God gave me, the gift of evangelism and telling people about Jesus. I I continue to use that gift uh, today and all all through my ministry. Uh, One of the reasons I know that it was a spiritual gift that I, I just couldn't, get away from, even if I tried, which I didn't, when I was in college, some of you know my testimony, I grew up in a Christian home, was in church all the time, and then when I turned 16, I got a car, got a job, got out of church, and there were about five years of my life that I wasn't walking with the Lord, I wasn't going to church, I was going to the University of Oklahoma, secular university, and I wasn't living for Jesus at all. I wasn't, but anytime I would have an opportunity to talk to people about Jesus, I would. I mean, I shared the gospel with my roommate. I shared the gospel with you know, a girl that I dated. I shared the gospel with people in my classes. And anytime I'd have an opportunity to have a spiritual conversation, I would. I, I just could not... Not share Jesus because that's one of the spiritual gifts that God has given me, and I use it all the time today. My wife Shelley always kind of chuckles because she sees my spiritual gift come out when we'll be at a restaurant and you know a waiter or waitress is waiting on us, and I'll start asking them questions. Do you have any spiritual beliefs? And do you believe in God? And she's always like, I knew where you were going. I knew what was coming. Like if you don't want to know anything about God, you don't want to get stuck sitting next to me on an airplane ride because I'm probably going to look for an opportunity to talk to you about Jesus. It's one of my spiritual gifts, but I I want to help you guys understand, discover, and open some of your spiritual gifts today. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he is talking about spiritual gifts. And he was trying to explain to them what they are, what they're not, because they were already a little bit confused about what the gifts were. And he says, In 1 Corinthians 12, 1, now, dear brothers and sisters, that's uh, believers in Jesus, regarding your question about the special abilities, let's say it together, the... Spirit gives us, okay? That's the Holy Spirit of God, these special abilities. I don't want you to misunderstand this. They were already confused about spiritual gifts. They were already misunderstanding what the gifts were, how to use them, like a lot of people today. A recent study found that 87% of Christians today either don't know what their spiritual gifts are or they're not using their spiritual gifts at all. Nine in 10 Christians are, are, have a misunderstanding or a confusion about spiritual gifts. So this is a very important and practical subject that we're talking about today and it's important that we know what they are and that we open them and that we put them in use to make a difference for God on this earth and around the world, around the world for for Jesus. And let me illustrate this way, when I was growing up, my father, uh, he passed away 15 years ago. Uh, This was back before internet and online, you know, we could order everything online and get it in two days through Amazon and all that. You know, he had like a Sears and Roebuck catalog. Y'all remember those things? Or Montgomery Ward. And he would have these catalogs and he would go through them and he would find something that he liked that he might use at some point and he would order it. And it would come to our house, and it would be delivered in a box, and you know, every time I would see one of those boxes, I'd get all excited, like, let's open the box. What is it? What's, what's, what's going on here? And he'd say, no, 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 I'm not going to open it. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. He did this all the time. He'd get a box in the mail, wouldn't even open it. I mean, they could have sent him air, and he wouldn't even know, because he never opened it. Maybe rocks were in it. And he would take the box, and he would put it on a shelf in our garage, and it would sit there for years and years. And I would ask him, dad, why are you not opening these things that you've ordered? And he goes, well, I, I want to save them. I want to keep them one of these days. Maybe I'll get to it. Maybe I'll open them or maybe I'll, I'll sell them. And I thought that's crazy. Now, when he passed away, uh, my mom gave me a lot of these items. I actually got brand new camping equipment and tools that were 30 and 40 years old that had never been opened, never been opened I remember this one gift that was given to my father by my grandfather, his dad. He got a, somehow he did some trading or something. He got this brand new uh, outboard mercury motor, brand new. And he gave it to my dad to hopefully buy a boat to go on the motor, for the motor to go on and take me fishing. And I remember he got it and he put it in the corner. I could see it like it was yesterday. Put it in the corner of our garage, brand new motor, and it sat there for 20 years. 20 years, never used it, never bought a boat. When I was in college, I had a little bit of money. I got a boat and finally got to to use it later. But all these unused things, and you know a lot of Christians go through their Christian life like that. They accept Christ and the Holy Spirit gives them all these spiritual gifts, but they don't open them. And they sit on a shelf and they collect dust, unused, unopened, undiscovered sometimes for many, many years. I hope that will change today as we talk about spiritual gifts. Now Paul In verse 2, begins to describe some of the spiritual gifts. There are four passages in the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts. We're going to look at two of the major passages today, two of the smaller passages. I'll give you uh, the references, and you can look at them yourself later. We're not going to be able to look at all of them. Um, Verse 2, he says this, talking about spiritual gifts. I don't want you to misunderstand About spiritual gifts. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one could say Jesus is Lord except by who? The Holy Spirit. Evidently, there were people already coming into this church and this community claiming to have spiritual gifts from God, but they were uh, defaming the name of Christ. And he said, no, that's not from God. So he's trying to help him understand which gifts are from God and which ones aren't, which spirit is at work here. And then in verse four, he says, there are different kinds of what? Spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in what church? In all of us. And then he says this in verse seven, watch this. A spiritual gift is given to most of us, to some of us. To the elite few no what does it say a spiritual gift is given to each of us all of us so we can help each other so paul makes the case right now and now he's getting ready to, going to point out some of the gifts but don't miss this all christians have been given spiritual gifts from our heavenly father through the holy spirit when we accepted christ all of us all christians have been given gifts All gifts are important and all gifts are useful, and all hell wants you to keep your gift undiscovered, unopened, and unused. Because anything that God wants to use for good and to make a difference, Satan wants us to keep undiscovered, unopened, and on a shelf, unused. Let's not let that happen today. Amen? Amen. So today we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts. We're going to identify um, some of the spiritual gifts. We won't have time to get to all of them, but, but some of the major ones, and how you can discover your Spiritual gift your spiritual gift and open it first of all before we talk about what spiritual gifts are and what they are I want to talk about what spiritual gifts are not because there's a lot as Paul said a lot of misunderstanding Out there in church world and Christianity about spiritual gifts. What are spiritual gifts not number one spiritual gifts are not natural talents They're not natural talents. You know, when you had a natural birth, you were probably born with some natural abilities and talents. You know, you could sing, you could dance, you could draw, uh, you know, you could dunk a basketball. I hate you. Um, You know, stuff like that. Sorry. You know, Obviously, most of your leadership did not have the natural ability to sing, you saw that today, or, or dance. Th- those are natural abilities you were born with when you had your natural birth. But the Bible says, except you be born again and have a spiritual birth, the second birth, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven, you can't, can't go to heaven someday. So when you accepted Christ, you had a spiritual birth that brought you into God's spiritual family and he gave you spiritual gifts. So, spiritual gifts are not natural talents we were born with, they're given to us when we were born again. If you're with me, say yes, okay? To use in the church and to make a difference in the world for Christ. Number two, spiritual gifts are not given to the elite few. It's not like God said, okay, I really like this group of people over here, so I'm going to give them some spiritual gifts, but these people I don't care for so much, not going to give them any gifts. No, they're for each of us, they're for all of us. Number three, spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. It's very important you get this because this is controversial in Christian circles. Spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity because you don't work for them, you don't earn them, you don't develop them. They're given to you as a gift from God. The Spirit determines which ones each person has. Um, Because in some Christian circles, I'll just touch on this for a minute. People will say, "Well, if you have certain spiritual gifts, then you're more mature than other believers that don't have those gifts." You know, especially when it comes to uh, the area of like speaking in tongues or speaking in unknown languages. There's some Christian circles say that you know until you've done that, then you haven't really arrived in your Christianity, and you're kind of a second-class Christian. And we're more spiritual. That is not what the Bible teaches, y'all. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said speaking in tongues and gift of languages was one of the lesser gifts today to some of the other gifts. We'll talk about that more next week. We'll talk about that more. Um, I was reminded of this, this, though, that some people think that certain spiritual gifts are a sign of spiritual maturity. Because um, last Sunday I talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. That we all have access to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it was on my Facebook page, and one of my cousins from, comes from a little bit different belief system. Uh, she said, hey, that's awesome that you're preaching about the Holy Spirit in your church and the power of the Holy Spirit. And she said this, I hope that everyone at Orchard Church last Sunday exhibited the power of the Holy Spirit by speaking in tongues and unknown languages. And I thought, okay, how do I respond to this? Do I respond to this? What do I say? And so lovingly, very lovingly, I said to my cousin, you know, last Sunday we had 25 people that gave their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. They went from death to life and darkness to life. My friends, that is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, a changed life. And I, I typed that very lovingly and she said, Amen. I'm like, okay, I didn't offend her. I was like, that, right? So spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. All right? Number four spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know what the fruit of the Spirit is? Say yes. You know what I'm talking about? In Galatians chapter five, there's the fruit of the Spirit. There's nine characteristics of someone who's living a Spirit-filled life, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness. Those are different than spiritual gifts. God wants all believers to exhibit the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, but God does not want all of us to have all the spiritual gifts because the Holy Spirit decides who gets which gifts. He says we all get gifts, but we don't all get the same gift. So it's not like as a Christian you can say, you know, I, I just don't really love very well because I don't have the gift of love. No, 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 that's a fruit of the Spirit. We're all supposed to love, amen. We're all supposed to have love, joy, peace, patience. So they're different. Uh, spiritual gifts are different than the gift of the Spirit. Number five, spiritual gifts are not something to fear, they're not something to be afraid of. They're not odd and creepy and weird and spooky and woo. Even though some people make them that way, can we agree? Even though some people claim to have spiritual gifts and what they do and say is weird and odd and creepy and freaks you out, it does me. Can anybody say TV evangelist, weird hair, you know? But just because people have made some of the spiritual gifts weird, odd, and creepy, the spiritual gifts are not something to fear, amen? They're not something to be afraid of. They're not something to be freaked out by or scared about. Okay. So now that we talked about what they're not, let's talk about what are some of the spiritual gifts that we see in the scriptures. The first major passage is right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, after Paul has made the case that the Holy Spirit has given gifts to all believers, different gifts. He's now going to tell you what some of those gifts are. And this isn't an exhaustive list because there's four different passages. But here's a major portion of Scripture. He says in verse 8, To one person the Spirit gives the gift, the ability to give wise advice. How many of y'all know somebody that, man, they just give wise advice? I mean, they're, they're a person of wisdom. My father-in-law, our care pastor, is someone who I consider to be one of the wisest men I've ever known. Whenever I have a hard, difficult decision to make, I always go and talk to him. He is great at giving wise advice. If you have the gift of giving wise advice, man, host a small group. Help people. Be a discipler. Uh, Help people to to grow in their faith. Help marriages. Be a counselor if you have the gift of, of giving wise advice. Here's another gift. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge, This is the ability to study and know God's word, to recall God's word, to share God's word. You have this ability to know what God's word says in any particular situation. I would say if you have the gift of special knowledge, man, you'd make a great discipler to disciple and build people up in their faith through the word of God and help them uh, to reproduce themselves, the special knowledge. Verse 9, he says, The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. A lot of times you hear the gift of faith and the gift of healing together. Faith, healing. If you have the gift of f- great faith in God and the gift you feel of praying and seeing God heal people you know, in the here and now, man, get on our prayer team. You know, be, Serve on our prayer team and use that gift We saw the gift of faith and healing take place in our church uh, Many times over the last 10 years I'll just tell you one example About a year ago there was a lady in our church uh, her, name was, uh, her name is Melissa uh, Hunter And she had a seizure She stopped breathing They rushed her to the hospital They uh, barely revived her She was um, on full life support In a coma for several weeks The doctors finally said to the family We have done everything that we can do We're sorry for your loss you're going to have to make a difficult decision as a family, some of you can identify with this, to take her off the machines and off the respirator and, and say your goodbyes. And the family, you know, was grieving over this decision. And I've talked to many families and they said, we feel like if we take her off life support, we're taking her life from her. And I said, no, we're not the giver and taker of life, God is. And if you take her off life support and God wants her to live, he gave her breath when she was born, he can give her breath again. I said, you're, you're doing the loving thing to put this in God's hands, but I said, let's, let's pray for her though, and we, we circled her bed, we put our hands on her, we prayed for her, and we asked God, we said, God, we have faith, we know that if you would choose to heal her and for her to breathe, we know you can do it, or you might choose her to, to heal her in the ultimate way, but taking her to heaven, you're sovereign, we trust you. They took her off of life support, she began to talk, she began to speak to her family She breathed on her own, and today she's almost 100% healed and is with us still. God healed her. God healed her. The next gift kind of goes along with this. In in verse 10, he says, he gives one person the power to perform what? Miracles. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that God still does miracles today? Absolutely. Of course we do. God hasn't lost any of his strength. He hasn't lost any of his power. And I believe we see God display miracles in a lot of different ways, Sometimes he heals people physically, like Melissa that I told you about. Sometimes, you know, God radically changes someone's life. When there's a life that is turned around 180 degrees from the direction they're going, listen, that's a miracle, amen? We see miracles happen in our church all the time. When a marriage is about to fall apart and call it quits and God intervenes and does something miraculous and keeps that marriage together or restores a marriage, that's a miracle. That's a miracle, They're all around. If you say, well, I don't ever really see miracles, where can I see a miracle? This is going to surprise you. Let me tell you a place that you can go on a regular basis to see miracles happen our small groups. You know, we're talking about signing up for small groups. We did a little song and dance. But if you want to see miracles, we hear stories of miracles in people's lives in our small group ministry here at Orchard Church all the time. Because that's where people know you, they care for you, they love you, they pray for needs in your life, they pray for healing in your health, they pray for that job interview, they pray for marriages, and when God answers those, it's a miracle. Amen, Orchard Church? You want to see miracles, get into a small group and pray for people and see the miracles that God has done in people's lives throughout our church. You know, there was a, a movie that, that came out recently. It, it, you can get it right now at Redbox. Um, the other night, last week, Shelly said, hey, let's, let's get a movie tonight. You know, let's just kind of lay low. Let's get a movie at Redbox. I said, okay, which movie? And she goes, well, there's this new movie out. It's a Christian movie. And I got to be honest with you. I know I'm a pastor, but soon, sh- as soon as she said Christian movie, I went, "Ah," Because let's be honest. Let's keep it real. Most of them are bad. Most of them are cheesy. The acting is horrible. It's like, are you kidding me? But she goes, no, 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 this is a really good one. It got four stars. Jennifer Garner is in it. And I'm like, oh, well, she's a good actress, you know, and, and Queen Latipa's in it. And I'm like, okay, well, she's a good singer. I don't know, she's a pretty good actress. So let's check it out. It's called Miracles from Heaven. How many of you guys have seen this? Man. If you haven't seen this is one Christian movie I can actually recommend, you, you will really like it. It's a true story about a little girl from Texas who had a, um, a terminally ill disease in her stomach, her intestines, the doctors did everything they could do and then finally they sent her home basically with her family to die. I won't tell you all the rest of the story but God miraculously heals her, it's a true story that this movie is, is based on. And a miracle took place, she's with us today, it, it was totally a miracle. And the backstory of this movie is Jennifer Garner, because she got to know this family and this little girl's story, Jennifer Garner reconnected her faith and she's back in church with her family today as a result of this girl's miracle in her life. Pretty cool, pretty cool story. Gift of miracles. And then he goes on, he says, and another, here's another spiritual gift, the ability to prophesy. Um, There's different beliefs about what the gift of prophecy is Some would say, you know, it's speaking God's word with conviction and boldness Especially to see lives changed If you have the gift of prophecy, you'd make a great Bible teacher, a pastor, a church planter You know, to boldly proclaim what God's word says Others would say the gift of prophecy is the ability to foretell the future We need to be careful with that Um, We'll talk more about that in a moment If you say, thus saith the Lord, this is going to happen It better happen If it doesn't, the Bible says that wasn't from God We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, he says the gift of, there's another gift. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message or a person is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. There's the Holy Spirit, and then there's some unholy spirits in the world today. You believe that, church? And, and the gift of discernment is to discern, you know people and situations, and is this of God, is this not of God? It's just the, the gift of discernment. Do you know anybody like that in your life? They just have, they have that way of discerning situations and people. They have the gift of discernment. I live with someone that has this gift of discernment. I've been married to her for 23 years. My wife, Shelly, has the gift of discernment and I see it happen all the time we'll meet someone for the first time and have a good conversation we'll walk away and I'll I'll say man that I really like that person they seem really nice they seem really cool and sometimes she'll go "Nope, I got a bad feeling I don't trust them better watch out for that one really I'm like I see yep and she's never been wrong She's never been, she's always right when she has a bad feeling about someone. So if I meet you for the first time, I'm going to be really nice to you. I'm going to act like you're the greatest thing. I love you, but then I'm going to check with my wife. And if she gives you a thumbs down, better watch out, okay? Because she's got the gift of discernment. She does. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said, those unknown languages. Uh, this is what you saw happen in the book of Acts, at the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, the apostles, and they began to preach the gospel in languages, other languages that they didn't know and that they hadn't studied. It was a supernatural gift. And then there were others who were given the gift to interpret those languages that they had never studied. There's a lot of different beliefs about this. We're going to talk more about that next week, specifically when we get into the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so we'll get into that uh, next week next week. And so he goes on and he says, "It is in verse 11, it is the one and only who, church, the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. A lot of different gifts, but they all come from the same source, the spirit. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Some people say, well, you should have all the gifts. That's not what the Bible says. It's the Holy Spirit that determines which gift each person has. You're in the book of 1 Corinthians. Go back a couple of pages to your left to the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 6. This is another one of the major passages of four passages where Paul talks about spiritual gifts and he lists some other gifts and we're going to look at that real quick. In Romans chapter 12, verse 6, Paul says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well, to make a difference in the church and in the world. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out boldly with as much faith as God has given you. Uh, some people would say, what I'm doing right now is the gift of prophecy. I do believe I have the gift of prophecy to speak God's word boldly for life change and, and, and to teach it to people. Others would say, again, that the gift of prophecy is foretelling the future. I, I cannot claim that I have the gift of prophecy to foretell the future. Thus saith the Lord, this is going to happen and then it happens. I, I came close once that I can remember. And I, I'll tell you the story real quickly that I thought maybe I, I had a glimpse of the gift of prophecy to foretell the future. We had this uh, couple that was in our small group several years ago and they were desperately trying to have a child, have a baby. And they'd tried everything naturally, and it wasn't working, so they went to the doctor, and they tried medication, they tried medical procedures, they'd tried everything, still could not conceive, couldn't have a baby. And they were in our small group, and we were praying for them. And I felt like God said to me, through the Spirit, to say to them, you know what, maybe you should just stop the drugs, stop the medical procedures, just let's pray for you. And let's just see what God does. Maybe, maybe, I don't know for sure, but maybe God wants you to conceive and only God can get the, the credit. And so we laid hands on them and we prayed for them and we left it in God's hands. And they got off all, the, all of the medical stuff. Several months went by, no baby, no baby. And then one night I get a phone call from, from uh, the wife. And she calls me and she's all giddy on the other end of the line. She says, you are not going to believe this. And I said, you're pregnant. She goes, Yep. I'm pregnant. She said, the doctors cannot explain it. They have no idea what happened, I said, we know what happened. We prayed that baby in. She had a healthy baby boy. She is right now pregnant with her third child right now, all by naturally through the power of God. Three. Now, that doesn't always happen, but it did. Some of y'all are like, okay, I'm going to get in y'all small group and have that group pray for me. Some of y'all are like, I'm not going to that group. Three now. you know. I asked them, I said, you guys know what's causing that now? And they said, yeah, and we're not willing to give it up. So I said, okay, all right. Verse seven, if your gift is serving, then what should you do? Serve, serve them well. If you're, uh, you know, it takes over 200 people serving here at Orchard Church every weekend for us to set up, tear down, take care of our kids' classes. Can we just celebrate and thank all of those who are serving here at Orchard Church? Thank, you, thank them for the gift of serving. Now let me, let me say this, you don't have to have the gift of serving to serve. But those that have the gift are the first to sign up. And so thank you to those who serve. One of our values here at Orchard Church is we are church contributors, not consumers. And so if you have the gift of serving, then then serve. Uh, He goes on and says, if you are a teacher, then what should you do? Teach. Teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, then be encouraging if you have the gift. of Don't hold it back. Open it up. If it is giving, give how? generously. you know, If you've got the gift of giving, give generously. How many of y'all, don't be shy, you'd say, I think or I know that I may have the gift of giving. I like to give. Raise your hands nice and high. Raise them high. Keep them up. Keep them up high. Keep them up. Host team, pay attention to these folks. Offering bucket twice by all those that have the gift of giving generously today, okay? Make sure they've got a legacy brochure, sorry. It says, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that respo- the responsibility seriously. In other words, if you have the gift of leadership, then lead. Now, there's the natural ability some people are born with as leaders, and then there's the spiritual gift of leadership. And what's sad is some people have the gift of leadership given to them through the Holy Spirit, but they're not leading anything in the church. They're not hosting a small group. They're not discipling anyone and leading them that way. They're not leading a ministry. And Paul says, if you've got the gift of leadership, take it seriously. Put it into action. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, then do it how? Gladly. If you have the gift of being kind, then be kind. What's Paul saying here in this passage in Romans 12? He's saying, whatever gift you have, unleash it. Unleash that gift. Open it up. Let it fly. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go, let it go, don't hold your gift back no more. Sorry, that was a little Elsa took over there from, what's the name of that movie? Frozen, there you go. See, I don't even have little kids and I know that song. We can't say let it go without thinking about that song. But that's what Paul's saying here. Let it go, open it up, put it into use. Now, with the rest of our time, you may be saying, well, how do I know which gift I have? Maybe some of you are like, this is the first I've heard of spiritual gifts, or I've heard about it, but I've never really discovered mine. I don't know what my gifts are. I want to give you a couple of practical ways you can discover and figure out your gifts so that you can open them up and unleash them to make a difference in the church and in the world for the glory of God and the advancement of His kingdom. So here's one way that you can possibly discover your spiritual gift. It's called the apple pie test. So let's say that you're having a big family meal and you're having some friends over and you've got like 15, 20 people at a, at a big table and you finish the meal and you, you've, you've made apple pie and so you're passing the apple pie around the table and people are cutting their piece of pie, putting it on their plate and they're going around and it gets to this one person and, and they kind of have the apple pie too close to the edge and as they're cutting it and trying to get their piece, boom, the apple pie falls in their lap and it goes everywhere. What you do next, your, your next response may be an indicator of your spiritual gift. So if the apple pie falls into their lap and the first thought is you, you go, I told you so. I knew that was going to happen. I saw that coming a mile away. I told you to watch out. Anybody know someone like that? You know, the kind of, just point to them right now. Let's make a, no, just. But here's the good news. Maybe you have the gift of prophecy. Because the gift of prophecy is like, you know, tell it like it is. You're bold. I'm trying to help you. trying to watch. You may have the gift of prophecy. If the apple pie falls in someone's lap and you immediately go, oh, let me help you clean that up. Let me help you. Then you may have the gift of serving. You like to serve people. If the apple pie falls in their lap and your first response is, you know what? I've been doing some research on apple pie cutting and eating. Step one is this. Step two is this. Then maybe you have the gift of what? Teaching. Maybe God has given you the gift to teach. If you see the apple pie fall in their lap and you're like, oh, it's okay. Listen, it happens to all of us. It's happened to me. Look, look. look. I'll put my apple pie in my lap and make you feel better. You probably have the gift of encouragement. You are an encourager. You're going to encourage them. And you know, if the apple pie falls in their lap and immediately you go, oh, you can have my apple pie. Let me give you my piece of pie. Then you probably have the gift of giving. You like to give. If, if the apple pie falls in their lap and your first thought is, okay, everybody, let's help out here, right here. You go get a broom. You go get a mop. You go get a napkin. and you're, you're giving, You probably have the gift of leadership and you're leading everybody. Now, if the apple pie falls in their lap and your first thought is, oh, my gosh. My heart just sunk. I'm just devastated that that happened to you. I'm hurting with. I can't even do this because I don't have this gift. You might have the gift of mercy. If you know, if you're like you feel for the person, then maybe you have the gift of, of mercy. So that's the apple pie test. If that doesn't work for you, let me give you five ways you can discover your spiritual gifts. Let me give you five ways. They're in your notes. Number one, study what the Bible says about gifts. Study what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter chapter 4. Go look at the Bible, study it. Number two, if you want to discover your spiritual gifts, ask God to show you your gifts. Your heavenly Father has uniquely chosen gifts for you. He wants you to discover and use your gifts more than anybody else, amen? Amen. The Bible says we have not because we have. Ask not, ask God to help you. What are my gifts? Where can I use my gifts? How can I use them in the church and in the world to reach people for Christ? Number three, if you want to discover your gifts, examine what you enjoy and you do well. Just examine. Take a look at what do you enjoy and what do you do well. It might be an indicator of your spiritual gift. If every time we ask for people to serve at Orchard Church and you're like, oh, I hate to serve. Oh, I hope they don't ask me. You probably don't have the gift of serving. But if you're the first one to sign up, you probably have the gift of serving. Now, now, let me say this, maybe you're like, okay, well, I know what my spiritual gifts are, but I'm not sure how or where I can use them, because he gives them to us in, to use in the body of Christ, in the church, to make a difference. We started something uh, last week called a volunteer, brand new here at Orchard Church. We do this once a month, it's during the second service. You can sign up right now, today, if you say, I want to make sure I'm using my gifts the way God intended. And you can go to the volunteer. We give you a tour of all the behind-the-scenes ways you can serve here at Orchard Church and put your gifts into use. We're not asking you to sign up or going to commit to anything. Just come to the volunteer one hour, and you can see where God might be able to use you. So if that's you, sign up on the serving on your connection card, and someone will contact you so you can put your gifts to use. Uh, number four, if you want to discover your spiritual gifts, uh, take a spiritual gifts test. Now, this is not foolproof, but it might give you a good idea. You say, well, where am I going to find a spiritual gifts test? This afternoon, go to our Facebook page at Orchard Church uh, CO, and you can take a spiritual gifts test. We're going to put a link on there online where you can take a spiritual gifts test to help you discover your gifts. Number five, this is most important of all. If you want to discover your gifts, do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Simply do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Respond to the Holy Spirit's prompting in your life, especially if it benefits or helps someone else. That's probably coming from the Spirit of God. Just jump in, give it a try, and you might find that you will discover your spiritual gifts. You know, as we wrap this, this up this morning this message on spiritual gifts um we do this every year right now we are collecting christmas shoe boxes to give to kids in our feeding centers around the world in the philippines and haiti and mexico you guys again this year collected and filled over 500 christmas shoe boxes so our kids and our feeding centers could have a special christmas can we just celebrate that right now and thank those who did that and this next week, we're going to take those shoe boxes, and we're going to put them in a big crate, and we put them on a ship, and we ship them you know, to these countries around the world that you have packed with care and thought and love. Can you imagine if a couple of months from now, we get these crates back, and the boxes were never even opened, and our missionaries were to say, you know what? The kids just didn't want their gifts this year. They just weren't excited about it. They, did, they said, you know, we're good. How we would feel about that. How would that make us feel when we've gone to such great lengths to pick these gifts out and pack these gifts? And you know, if it's for a boy who's eight years old to pick something out special for him or for a girl, and we've gone to these great lengths, and if they were just to send them back and say, the kids don't want them this year. Now, you all know that's not going to happen, right? No, here's what's going to happen. Our missionaries tell us that this is the highlight of these kids' year. We've gone on mission trips two and three years after sending these boxes, and these kids are still playing with the toys and the gifts that many of you gave them. They can't wait to open these gifts. They can't wait to use these gifts. They can't wait to play with these toys. We should be the same way as God's children, shouldn't we? As Christians, we shouldn't have unopened, unused, undiscovered spiritual gifts that God has given us to make a difference in the church and in the world. Let me say this as loving as I can. Don't insult your heavenly father and the giver of the gift, the Holy Spirit, by not discovering or opening the gifts that he's given you. Discover them. Open them up. Take them off the shelf if you know what your gifts are. Use them for God's glory and your good to make a difference in the church and around the world to advance God's kingdom for redemptive purposes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, thank you that when you saved us, you gave us eternal life, the gift of salvation, you also gave us spiritual gifts. May we discover them, may we open them, may we use them and put them into practice to make a difference for your kingdom's sake on this earth. We continue in attitude of prayer right now, heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around for just a moment. I'm talking to believers right now for just a moment. How many of you as believers in Jesus Christ, you've accepted the gift of salvation, but when it comes to spiritual gifts, you would either say, I don't know what my gifts are and I'm going to figure it out, I'm going to discover them, or I think I have a good idea what my gifts are, but I'm not really using them the way I should. Can I pray for you, any believers like that, would you slip up your hand for prayer all across this auditorium? God bless you, God bless you. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ that today that they would be reminded or they would recognize for the first time that you have given us spiritual gifts to open and to use to make a difference in this world for your honor and your glory. May we discover our gifts, open our gifts, use our gifts. May we not leave them on a shelf any longer, any longer. May we receive the joy of knowing that we're a part of your redemptive purposes in this community, in this church, and around the world by putting our spiritual gifts into practice. As we continue in an attitude of prayer right now, with heads bowed nice clothes, nobody looking around, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, there is a more important gift than spiritual gifts that God wants you to open. It's the gift of salvation. It's the gift of eternal life. And until you open that gift by faith... You won't have any of the other spiritual gifts because they come at the moment of salvation. The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the payment of sin is death. That's the bad news. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the good news. And for some of you, you've never opened the most important gift of all, the gift of eternal life and salvation. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now by faith. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of faith. I'll help you with the word. It's not a magic prayer or magic words, but if you put faith and belief behind this, you can say yes to Jesus today. You can invite him into your life. You can receive the gift of salvation, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and a home in heaven. And I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to some of you right now in a very real and powerful way that you need to say yes to Jesus and open the gift of salvation that he's provided for you on the cross. If that's you today, you know who you are. Would you pray this prayer with me from your heart to God's and mean it in faith? It goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me to pay for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I accept the gift of salvation today through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of eternal life. Thank you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'd never want to do that. But if you just prayed that prayer of faith for the first time, I'd love the privilege to pray for you, that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus from this day and this moment forward. So right now, without hesitation, if you prayed that prayer of faith in a minute, would you slip up your hand for prayer right now? Just slip it up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young man. God bless you over here. Yes, just slip it up nice and high. Several people in this family. God bless you guys. Anyone else? Yes, I prayed that prayer. I really meant it. And I invited Jesus into my life today. Thank you, several people. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for those putting their faith and trust in you today as Lord and Savior. We welcome them into the family of God as brothers and sisters in Christ. May their lives never be the same. Lord, may they grow in their walk and relationship with you as they spend time in your word and your spirit guiding them. We welcome them into your family. We thank you for the gift of salvation and for spiritual gifts. And we pray all this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate decisions for Jesus today? Amen. Hey, if you just raised your hand and said, I prayed that prayer, I accepted Christ, that's the greatest decision. And most important decision you'll ever make. And we want to know about it. We take that very seriously here at Orchard Church. So, on your connection card, check that box that says, I accepted Christ. Drop it in the offering bucket when it goes by so we can continue to pray for you. Give us your mailing address so we can send you a free book in the mail called Seven Steps to Joy that'll help you in your new new walk and journey with Jesus. If you're a first time guest at Orchard Church today, thanks so much for being our guest. Hopefully, you filled out that guest connection card. You can drop it in the offering bucket when it goes by in just a moment when we receive our gifts. We are not interested in your money today at all first time guests but we're definitely interested in getting to know you a little bit better and so put that card in there we'll send you a thank you note a gift in the mail also if you're new today or new to Orchard Church and I haven't had the privilege to meet you personally I would love to meet you I'll be out in the courtyard by the white tent I will not be wearing the zebra pants I promise so come by and introduce yourself uh, today next week we're going to wrap up our series the ghost talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit and what that means so you don't want to miss it right now we're going to worship the Lord through our tithes and our offerings, we're also going to check out what else is going on around here at Orchard Church. We want to be a giving church because we have a give first God, and so uh, we want to learn to give first, save second, and and then learn to live on the rest, and so uh, check out what else is going on around here at Orchard Church, and uh, also welcome some new members uh, to our family. Love you guys.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Elise. Here's what's happening at Orchard Church. We are always excited to see people join our Orchard family. Here's the latest new members who went through our membership class. Let's welcome our new members. If you have recently received Christ or have not yet followed the Lord and Believer's baptism and would like to do so, please sign up on the connection card today. You will be contacted to go over the details and answer any questions you may have. Our next baptism will be on Sunday, August 28th, following the third service at our Ministry Center. Also, if you have a child who would like to be baptized, we offer a kids' baptism class on the third Sunday of every month. You can sign them up for the next class at orchardchurch.tv. Next year, we'll be taking a mission trip to Mexico. This will be February 16th through February 23rd. The estimated cost is $1,200 to $1,500. There will be an informational meeting on Sunday, August 28th in room B118 during the 1110 service. If you are interested, just sign up on the insert in your newsletter and drop it in the offering bucket as you leave today. If you recently began attending Orchard Church and want to know more about us, we would like to invite you to our Starting Point class. At Starting Point, you will find out what Orchard is all about, where we are headed, and how you can get connected. It's a great place to start. Our next class will be Sunday, September 11th at 9.50 a.m. in room B118. Just sign up on your connection card today. This is the end of our service today. Thanks so much for worshiping with us. Have a great day and we'll see you next week.